Life Audio. Sometimes people are so overwhelmed when it comes to the thought of sharing their faith with others. But yet one of the simplest ways to do that is to simply tell people what God has done in your life. And if we've been a believer for any amount of time, we usually have stories that we can share of what God has done, the way he's provided, the way he's been with us. And it's from that place, that place of overflow of our hearts that we can really share what God has done. Because what that does in us is it produces this sense of thankfulness and gratefulness for who God is. And that's essentially what we see in Psalm 105. It's looking back through Israel's history and it's giving them an opportunity to be thankful when they can look at all the ways that God was with them and stayed with them throughout their entire history as a nation. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are walking through Psalm 105. And as we walk through the Psalms together, what we're doing is a devotional reading through the Psalms where I just share some of the history and the culture and the background information that maybe helps you understand a little bit better. For me, that was one of the things that has always been helpful for me to understand how it's relevant to my own life as God's heart, his character, and his nature are revealed through the pages of the scriptures. So I pray that it's also a blessing for you. If you'd like to dive a little bit deeper... I have a couple different resources for you. The first one is a free newsletter that I send out every Monday. If you go to shehears.org, you can sign up for that. And in that newsletter, I share journaling prompts that go along with each of these episodes. If you'd like the back episodes or the back journaling prompts from the previous Psalms that we've done, you can also find those at shehears.org on the resources page. We have those done in chunks of 50. And when you download those, there's a link to the audio devotional. There's some space for guided journaling space, of course, the journaling prompt and a key verse. You can either print those out or you can use them on an iPad or similar device. And again, just more ways to give you resources to help you get this information from your head and into your heart. So I'm reading from the NIV starting at verse one. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. O descendants of Abraham, his servant, O sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God, his judgments are in all the earth. 
He remembers his covenant forever, the word he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. He called down famine on the land and destroyed all their food supplies. As he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave, they bruised his feet with shackles, his neck was put in irons, till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him, the ruler of peoples sent him free. He made him master of his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princes as he pleased, and teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel entered Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people very fruitful. He made them too numerous for their foes, whose hearts he turned to hate his people, to conspire against his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his miraculous signs among them, his wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark, for had they not rebelled against his words? He turned their waters into blood, causing their fish to die. Their land teemed with frogs, which went up into the bedrooms of their rulers. He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He turned their rain into hail, with lightning throughout their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees, and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke, and the locusts came, grasshoppers without number. They ate up every green thing in their land, ate up the produce of their soil, then he struck down all their firstborn in their land, their first fruits of all their manhood. He brought out Israel, laden with silver and gold, and from among their tribes no one faltered. Egypt was glad when they left, because dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread out a cloud as a covering and a fire to give light at night. They asked, and he brought them quail, and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and water gushed out, like a river it flowed in the desert. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they fell to heir to what others had toiled for, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws." Praise the Lord. So this psalm is a psalm that calls the Israelites to worship. It's a call to praise and to obey God and then also to pursue this deeper relationship with him. That's what we see in verses 1 through 4. And that's because he miraculously directed their individual lives and their history as a nation, as the nation of Israel, in order to establish and preserve them as a people that he has set apart, his special people that he has set apart for his purposes. The psalm aims at inspiring gratitude because when we have been under the Lord's care, there becomes a certain kind of joy that is something that cannot be taken away from us. There's a joy in knowing who God is and who he has been historically in my life. And that's what we're seeing here. When they come into the possession of the promised land and they understand what it means to be faithful to him and to his word, there's a joy there that can never be taken from them. And so we too can look back and remember God's history with us and the things that inspire thankfulness to God 
And that also gives us this greater loyalty to him because not just because of what he's done for us, but because he gave himself up for us. That in and of itself should inspire us to talk to others about the good things that he does in our lives and the good things that he has done in our lives. Because in that way, gratitude to God and this willingness to spread his message go hand in hand. You know, we live in a season in the last couple of years, the news cycle, you know, if you even still listen to it anymore, is full of chaos and things that seem sometimes unbelievable. And there, there's hardly a week that goes by that I don't hear from somebody that, oh, we're living in the end times. And yet, if we are truly believing that we're living in end times, my question would be, what's your response to that? Because if we're living in end times, then there should be a burden placed in our heart for us to share the gospel message with those that don't yet know it. And I don't see those same people having that burden. And so I have to wonder, why is that? There's perhaps a number of reasons, but the opposite is sometimes true that people do want to share. They just don't know what to say. And I think this is a perfect example when we look through some of these um events throughout the history of Israel, and we can see and rehearse the things that God has done in their history, it's an example to us that we can do the same thing. I have talked about this before on the podcast, where we sometimes call them stepping stones. If you've walked through your garden on these different stepping stones, you could see you got from point A to point B using those stepping stones. Well, when you look back, you can see them as marks of where you've been. In we can do that in our spiritual lives. We can look back and we can see these stepping stones of where we were at and where God showed up and where God did miraculous things and where God was abiding with us throughout different seasons of our lives. And we can use that to not only have faith to know that he's going to be there in the future, but to also share that with other people. Sometimes that is the best gateway to having conversations about who Jesus is, is just simply telling people what he's done for us in our own lives. We're going to take a quick break right here, and when we come back, we'll continue unpacking this psalm. Stay tuned. This psalm is categorized in a couple different ways. In the broadest category, it's, of course, a hymn, a psalm of praise, but the historical content is what I want to point out. It's kind of like a historical psalm that looks backwards, really, from a very long period of history. It's it's looking to the post-exilic community in celebration of the way that Yahweh provided guidance from the time of the patriarchs all the way through the Egyptian bondage and the exodus into the land of Canaan. And so what we see is this history of God's relationship with his special chosen people. And it's a span of history that really stretches a really long period of time. And I think that's such a powerful example for us um, as we look to do the same thing in our own lives. In verse 5 specifically, it talks about this idea of remembering, remember the wonders he has done. And in this context, that word remember is, is not just mental, but it's also a historical experience. And so there are some people, some scholars that would even go so far as pointing out that remembering is a matter of action, not just memory. And so if you think about the descendants of Abraham, 
and it when it talks about remember the wonders and it's talking about what God has done it's also talking about the Lord remembering the covenant he made with Abraham that's that call to remember is to talk about that in terms of allowing that to affect your actions and for me when I go through seasons of maybe what some would call a dry spell where I'm not hearing God's voice as clearly as normal or as I once did I will remember what God has done for me in my past. And it's not just a mental exercise, but it's it's an action. That remembrance helps inform me and helps me to have faith about what's to come. And so I would encourage you, if you are in a spell where it feels like God is silent, it feels like you just are up up against a wall, hitting a wall. Think back to the times that God has been active in your life and the things he has done for you and allow that remembrance, that act of remembering to engage you in, in into a place of faith for what he's going to do in the future. A lot of what we read in this psalm is self-explanatory, so I'm not going to go through all of it, but I do want to point something out. So yesterday we talked about how there was a biblical meditation on the creation story. Today's psalm looks back to the biblical references in Exodus. And so I just want to point out some of the things that we see, the parallels that we see. So verse 28, that says, He sent darkness and made the land dark, for had they not rebelled against his words. That is referring to the ninth plague of darkness that we see in Exodus chapter 10. Then in verse 29, it says, He turned their waters into blood, causing their fish to die. That is referring to the first plague when the Nile was turned to blood, and we see that in Exodus chapter 7. Then in verse 30, it says, Their land teemed with frogs, which went up into the bedrooms of their rulers. That, of course, is a reference to the second plague, the plague of frogs, which is mentioned in Exodus chapter 8. Then in verse 31, it says, He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. That's referring to the third and fourth plagues, which were flies and gnats. And you can read about that again in Exodus chapter 8. In verses 32 and 33, it says, He turned their rain into hail with lightning throughout their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. That refers to the seventh plague, which was hail. We read about that in Exodus chapter 9. Then in verses 34 and 35, it says, He spoke and the locusts came, grasshoppers without number. They ate up every green thing in their land, ate up the produce of their soil. That, of course, is talking about the eighth plague, the locusts, which you can read about in Exodus chapter 10. And then in verse 36, it says, Then he struck down all the firstborn in their land, the first fruits of their manhood. And that's talking of the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn, that we read about in Exodus chapter 11. For whatever reason, the fifth and the sixth plagues, which was the death of the livestock and the boils, those are not included. And again, if you're not familiar, I would encourage you to go back and read those passages in Exodus where it's talking about how God delivered his people out of the hands of Egypt. But it's really important, I think, for 
today's purposes as we look to Psalm 105 to understand that this is a historical review and it opens up this first part of the covenant formula where God says, I will be your God. And that's a poetic account of how the Lord has carried out that promise, first by making a covenant with Abraham, and then by working through his human servants of Moses and Aaron. And it's this evidence of God's work as the one that's holy, the one that's wise, the one that's powerful, and the one that preserves and governs his creation. And what we see in this pattern is this God that continues to rescue them. Now, were their behavior, was their behavior perfect in the promised land? Absolutely not. But one of the things that we see about God is that he is merciful. We, I don't know about you, so maybe I shouldn't say we. For me, there have been times in my life where I look back and I know that God intervened on my behalf. And can I say I was 100% faithful and every single moment of my life at that point? Absolutely not. I can't. You know, this process of becoming more like Christ, this process of sanctification is exactly that. It's a process. And there are seasons of my life where I can look back and think, man, Lord, I, this is what was going on in my life at the time. And I was not even faithful to you. And in those moments where I wasn't even faithful to you, you were faithful to me. I think that's one of the key takeaways of what we see in this Psalm, because we know what the behavior of Israel was. I mean, we spent the better part of over a hundred Psalms unpacking the behavior of Israel. And yet we see a God that continues to have mercy and pursue this people. So given that insight, I'm going to start over. I'm going to read again, starting from verse one. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are all in the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you, I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. He called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him. The ruler of his people set him free. He made him master of his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princes as he pleased and teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel entered Egypt. Jacob resided as a foreigner in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people very fruitful. He made them too numerous for their foes, whose hearts he had turned to hate his people, to conspire against his servants. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them, his wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark, for had they not rebelled against his words? He turned their waters into blood, causing their fish to die. 
their land teemed with frogs, which went up into the bedrooms of their rulers. He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He turned their rain into hail with lightning throughout their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke, and the locusts came, grasshoppers without number. They ate up every green thing in their land, ate up the produce of their soil. Then he struck down all the firstborn in their land, the first fruits of all their manhood. He brought out Israel, laden with silver and gold, and from among their tribes no one faltered. Egypt was glad when they left, because dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread out a cloud as a covering, and a fire to give light at night. They asked, and he brought them quail. He fed them well, with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, the water gushed out. It flowed like a river in the desert. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they felt heir to what others had toiled for, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. O oh God, we praise you. We praise you for your faithfulness to us throughout the generations, even when we have been faithless. Lord God, I pray for my friends today that as they look back over their lives, help them to remember, not just in thought and not just in faith, but in action. Help them to remember who you've been in their lives and help that to Give them faith for the next step of the journey. Lord, it's so evident when we look backwards to see the different ways that you've intervened on our behalf, but sometimes it's so hard to see that right now or to even have the faith that you're going to be there in this next season. Lord, would you remind us, just as you reminded your people of Israel, how you had been along with them as a nation from day one. Lord, would you remind us, remind us of those times that you've been faithful in our lives. We thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little bit of one-on-one? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go through the scriptures or I go through the biblical concepts, I find myself thinking, okay, but how do I actually apply that in my life? Or if you've come to this podcast, it's likely because you desire to hear Jesus more clearly, to be confident in what he's saying in your life, the way he's leading you. I want you to know that I offer life coaching and spiritual direction. And while the two are similar, they're also kind of different. Life coaching is when we set goals and, and I help hold you accountable and help break those down into bite-sized manageable pieces to help you achieve those goals. But spiritual direction takes it one step further. We invite Jesus into the process. And through spiritual direction, the goal of that really is to help you hear God's voice more clearly. And so there's things that we will do like prayer projects and spiritual gifts testing and a life map and all sorts of things to help you get to a place where you can see this thread of redemption that God has woven throughout your life. And then also to set you up so that you can hear God's voice for yourself. Because ultimately, the reason why I do the the podcast and I write the books and I have all the resources available is because I want you to settle into this place where you are confident in knowing the difference between God's voice, your own voice, and the enemy's voice. So if that sounds like something that you would like to do, um, life coaching right now runs about $97 for an hour. And that's for one person. I also have group rates available. And if you want to schedule that, it's if you go to shehears.org, you can go, there's a Calendly link where it says work with me and you can set up a time that works for you. I would count it an honor and a privilege to be able to walk alongside of you in that process. 
I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.